0: Everyone, my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed, and this is Fit Click. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bren. So you know how Halloween's coming up? Yes, I'm I'm very
1: excited. Yeah, it's tomorrow, actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, so I guess I was just wondering, to set the mood a little bit, if you wanted to hear a ghost story.
2: Ooh, yes, please.
0: All right, Reed, I hope you also want to hear.
2: (laughs) I'm along for the ride now. All right.
0: Well, legend has it that there was once a podcast with three hosts... And it was a podcast where they talked about fan fiction. And each week, they brought three pieces of fan fiction to discuss as a group. These hosts <laughs> Wow, you're really harshing my vibe Sorry. here. <laughs> Go. The, these hosts would spend so much time and put so much work and energy into creating a beautiful podcast. But one night, one of the hosts disappeared from the <gasps> earth. Oh, no. And it was Brenna. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no. What happened to me? You went to outer space. Oh, okay. Where no one could hear you scream. <laughs> so I went to outer space and then I got murdered? No, you just were screaming. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's sounds <laughs> No right. one could hear you. Yeah, but then after you screamed, you ended up actually coming back down um, mm. into Earth. Um, and the podcast continued, actually. So oh. it was scary for a while, but it actually ended up being okay. So it's just
1: like, I took a vacation to space to scream. <laughs> yeah, actually, it doesn't sound that bad.
2: No, it sounds kind of nice. I feel like that's a better ending than any of the characters got in our stories for this episode. Oh, yeah. I thought
1: we were fully gonna die in Nick's telling, too. Like, maybe yeah. the characters from our fic choices, like, come out of our laptops and murder us or something. Oh, God. Well... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> who, who knows when this story will end? <laughs> in the meantime,
0: though, hey Reed, what fic did you bring for this episode?
2: Yeah, if you couldn't tell from that intro, um, this is a themed episode. We all brought horror fics um, in the spirit of Halloween. Mine is actually a pod fic. It's called Landfall. The pod ficers are Frecklebaum Fic and Vidriana underscore pod. The original author is Scioscribe, and it is original fiction. In space, which maybe is where you pulled that from. Uh, Brenna, what is your pick? Yeah, my pick is called Vermilion Bones,
1: parentheses, Slither Through My Veins, Make a Liar Out of Me, by Prince Pixel. It is a choose-your-own-adventure story about the members of hit k-pop group nct um who go to like a halloween horror nights kind of event um but then it turns into like just pure like slasher movie vibes so that's what we've got going on nick what's yours yeah my pick for this episode is called in the room where you
0: sleep by blur hawaii it is a buzzfeed unsolved rpf fic the pairing is shane slash ryan maybe unsurprisingly for that fandom and it is sort of like a, a, a case fic, an episode fic, if you will, um, of, of a potential episode where things go a little houry. <laughs> That's all I'll give you for right now.
2: We thought in the spirit of Halloween, um, and also a little bit in the spirit of our last episode where we did a lot of reflection, we thought it would be fun to look back at some of our past Halloween costumes of yore and uh, rank them. If you've been around since episode 10, or if you're in our Discord server and have looked at the different role options, uh, you may be familiar that the three of us invented a new system of classification, um, widely applicable to any situation that you'd like to use. Perfect, no flaws. Um, We go more into detail in it uh, in the intro for episode 10 where we debuted it, but (laughs) just for a recap, uh, here are the tenets of our classification system. Gay vibes, punk rock, style, whack, umami. Pretty good. You don't need any explanations for what any of that means. It's just intuitive. It's just about the feeling you get. Like you don't have to think too hard
1: about it. Like you either know or it's not, you know, like there's, there's not really a lot of like scientific analysis that goes into this. It's just about that gut feeling you get.
2: So, yeah, we thought we'd use that to talk about some Halloween costumes, uh, of the past and potential future plans. Oh. Yeah. That's exciting. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, should
0: I start? Yeah, why not? I'm a little nervous. Okay, here we go. So the first one that I wanted to bring forward is one of me at, I'm not sure how old I was. I was very small. I was wearing all pink, different shades of pink, um... Video gamers might recognize uh, the T-pose. That's approximately what I was doing. (laughs) Pink tutu, kind of a a very powerful look. Um, So I don't know how you all would want to rank it, but I would give myself style for that look, I think.
1: Mm -hmm. I'd go with vibes. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say vibes. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: I think not it's punk a rock. Vibe. No, it's certainly <laughs> it's not, not punk, punk rock. rock. <laughs> it's one of my least punk rock looks ever.
2: Whack? I don't think so. Only no. because, like, I've been whacker. Yeah, you've also. <laughs> I think you said you you chose this yourself as a small child. Yeah, I and was I almost, like
0: three, just for context. I was tiny.
2: Yeah, and I feel like it's it's on brand for a child to pick a kind of yeah. eclectic outfit, which makes it not whack. It would
0: be more whack if I was wearing like a vest or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: I feel good about that. Um, so to start out with, I'll give you something that I feel like is very, a classic childhood Brenna outfit. I did wear this for multiple Halloweens. It was my favorite costume. Um, the picture I have is, I think, around second grade? I don't know exactly. Um, but it is me with my blonde hair and my blonde little bangs as Alice in Wonderland.
2: i am holding a small pumpkin it's really
1: cute the
0: sound i made when you first sent it i was like oh the tiniest bread
2: i would give this vibes yeah definitely style we don't really have like a wholesome category which is what i really need in this moment
1: yeah (laughs) like pure
2: pure pure. (laughs) it's not adding
0: a seventh classification. no 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 no. (laughs)
2: Well, as we've already said, the classification it's system perfect. is perfect. Yeah, sorry, sorry. No additions. No. Bren, are you feeling strongly about anything other than vibes or potentially mm. style? I can't
0: explain why my brain
1: is like, is it gay? <laughs> I just, I don't think it is. Like, it's so, it's just so wholesome. Yeah. Like, it's not punk rock at all. No. It's, um, I don't think it's really gay. I don't think it's Umami. We, we would know if it's umami, yeah, that's Yeah, that's not, you don't go, maybe this is umami. <laughs> no. Like, umami's always, like, the rarest category, yeah. you know? I love seeing who's claimed it in the FitClick server. I feel like it gives you <laughs> an idea of people's confidence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Reed, what's your, like, early childhood mm-hmm. outfit?
2: Yeah, um, I've decided to go with, I believe I was in, like, sixth grade. Um, so for the background context for this... I had older cousins who had dirt bikes, um, and they had an entire, like, protective gear set, like, like a head-to-toe helmet, chest plate, but also, like, a suit, like, I don't know how to describe it, like, like a motorcycle outfit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and my one cousin was close enough in age to me and in height that I could, in fact, wear it. So I show up to school, again, head to toe with helmet, like helmet tucked (laughs) under my arm, like a full plastic chest plate, these like really intense boots. Um, Most of the other girls in my grade went as the pink ladies from Greece. So you could say that in class I stood out a little bit, but I did get some compliments. I don't think from anyone my age, but that's okay.
0: (laughs) See, that to me is umami. Oh, wow. I think it's very good.
2: I was going to say, is that gay?
0: Yeah, I think it's gay.
2: Oh, yeah. I, also I think it's punk rock. I was going to say, punk rock is absolutely the one I would give that. Yeah. I feel very honored that you think it qualifies for umami. I had just, the image of small you showing
0: up helmet in arm <laughs> to class. It's well, you guys good. saw the photo. I know, it's yeah. so cute. <laughs> Nick, what else you got? Yeah, so the other one that I wanted to share, um, I was in high school, I want to say like 15 or 16 maybe, Um, and I was dressed in like, you know, you know, like the cheap costume material from like Party City or whatever, where Mm -hmm. you go and you're like, this, this is a one night wear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had that, but it was Robin from Teen Titans. It was like kind of a look. I'm not going to lie. My hair was curled. I like had the little cape that like, it was also like the matching sort of choker around my neck. Like I was not messing around. Um, so I think that is the other one that I want to bring because it is one of the more costumey things I've done, I frequently cheat at Halloween and just sort of do like clothes in my wardrobe with a twist. So that one was actually a costume.
2: I feel like by nature of buying it directly from Party City, it gets the whack designation. Yeah, that's understandable.
1: Mm, yeah, I think it's also absolutely vibes. Oh, mm. yeah. Is it punk rock?
2: No. Here's the thing. Mm, the, the concept I'm sorry, I think is
1: punk rock. I the concept think- is punk rock, but the picture I'm looking at is not punk rock. I'm so sorry, Nicole. Exactly. I'm like, I was
2: a little model. Yeah, the character of Robin is punk rock, but did, did not translate to I, this I, costume. I was
0: wearing it very prettily.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the little face you're
1: making is so funny. Like, you're trying to look tough, but it's just really cute. <laughs> <laughs> wow, thank you. My second choice is a much more recent costume from a handful of years ago when I was in college, and I decided to be all seven Horcruxes from Harry Potter. Um, not at Harry Potter, time. like not Voldemort. Like, please don't don't get me wrong. Just the seven Horcruxes. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: absolutely love this. I'm pretty
1: obsessed with it. If honestly. you're trying to like envision the look, thicklets at home. <laughs> it was like a Slytherin outfit. And then I just made props of all of the horcruxes and painted on the scar, because I think it counts as a horcrux.
2: Yeah, I would count that. Punk rock, for sure. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah. Not gay. No. Style, I feel like, was the outfit itself style? I don't know, but the concept concept is so good. I almost feel like it elevates it to style. Well, hold on, if
0: my concept was punk rock and I can't be punk rock.
2: Yeah, but the execution... (laughs)
1: is different. I also made all of mine. I think exactly that me some points. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> okay, I'll accept it. My other costume that I would like to share, um, I don't know how old I was, very young. Uh, I feel like at first it seems almost similar to Brenna's Alice vibe because I am Dorothy. I was very little. I have my hair in like two little sort of like half braids um tied with blue ribbon. I've got like a blue checkered dress. I look, in my opinion, very adorable. The key part of this is not my costume, but the contrast to my older brother who was in the photo with his arm like an awkward distance away from <laughs> yeah. me. Like like clearly my, my parents were like, take a photo with your little sister, and he was very begrudging about it. Um, can't really tell what his expression is though, because he is in a full Darth Maul mask <laughs> with a lightsaber and like it's a giant so black cloak. Funny. It's, like, a really terrifying mask, too. And it's so big. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: know. It's just so, so ominous.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, like, I'm just sort of cheesing in this photo, but I think I think if we're ranking not my costume, but the overall, mm-hmm. what, are, what are the classifications? I mean, I think the overall photo is punk rock. <laughs> yeah. Despite
1: your look being so not punk rock. I'm in complete agreement. It's also undoubtedly whack. Like oh, for sure, (laughs) so much. This is my favorite of the photos that were shared in like our group chat of Halloween costumes. Because Reed was like, "Oh yeah, I was like Dorothy one year, and I was expecting it to be very cute, which it
2: is." Reed looks so cute, (laughs) but her brother as Darth Maul is killing me. I had forgotten that was the photo too. I only remembered that I was Dorothy. So when I asked my father to pass along some photos. I was fully not expecting that and I was like, oh, Nick and Bren yeah. will love this. Well I'm like, I am like the do. Darth
1: Maul mask for context, like has painted eyes, and it's so <laughs> unnerving.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean I think uh I don't think it's vibes. No. Mm -hmm. No. I think the vibes are there, but
1: they're unsettling (laughs) and I don't want them. I think it's mostly whack and punk rock. Yeah. Which is a wild thing to say about a photo of Reed dressed up as Dorothy. Yeah. No, but it's completely (laughs) accurate. No, you'd be right.
0: Wow, alright. Well I guess we should get to our prospective costumes now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the way we decided to do it, Ficklets, was um, you know you know how we have a lot of lore around this podcast? You know how we're like working within the Fickleck extended universe at this point? Always. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are going to go ahead and identify potential characters we could dress up as out of our fit click lore, uh, which might include unreleased bloopers, including this one that I'm about to throw at ya, um, because I think my outfit would be pretty much anything I would wear on a normal day, um, but with some details uncannily off. Uh, just something feels wrong, but I still look like myself uh, because I'm dressing as Greta. You guessed it.
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs>
2: yeah, can,
0: Greta. Who knows, everyone
1: knows. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so here's the thing. Sometimes being a podcast host is really stressful, and me, host Nicole, I, I die in unfortunate accidents and have to be covered by Greta, who's always waiting in the wings. Um, so an example is in in past bloopers that we haven't been able to share because it's just gotten out of hand at this point. <laughs> um, I'll show up. I, do, I have a voice, so it'll be like, Hey everyone, um, it's Greta. Nicole couldn't make it today because, um, when she was looking at her past Halloween costumes, she wasn't paying attention to what was happening behind her, and a killer came into her home and hit her over the head with her lamp, and she died, (laughs) so I had to cover for the show. That's just an example. Um, they're often more graphic than that, but I didn't want to subject you (laughs) to that, (laughs) we're already going to be talking about some graphic depictions of violence later this episode. (laughs) Um, but that's a Greta. I mean, I love her. Everyone loves her. Whenever she makes an appearance, it's like, yeah, oh my God, Greta. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that's, that's who I would dress up as. And I think that Greta is umami. I think she's gay. I think she's <laughs> vibes. And I think she's style.
2: Greta is whack and whack only. <laughs> Greta <laughs> part, of
1: the reason,
2: <laughs> part of the reason we can't use any, or we haven't been able to use any Greta clips in Mistake Monday is because Nick goes, Hey, guys, and immediately it's Greta and I going, no, no, (laughs) fuck off, get out of here.
0: Greta is good. Horrible. Well, I'm glad we could all agree on all of those classifications. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, that was my costume would be a typical Nicole costume, pretty low effort, but high reward, also an obscure
1: reference that most people wouldn't understand. Big fan. I'd say my perspective costume is also a classic Brenna costume, meaning um, kind of overly complicated, mm-hmm. has lots of props. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's also from an unreleased blooper. Um, actually, like a few unreleased bloopers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is the Baba Duck, but before you're like, "Oh, Brenna, that sounds like a normal Halloween costume." <laughs> That's not a thick click thing. <laughs> There's more lore to it. It's the Boba Duck, <laughs> but it's the version of the Baba Duck who sits upside down on my ceiling and hosts a tea party with Laura Dern. So. That's the Mamadouk Okay, we will be dressing up as. Um, He will have like a tea set and scones mm-hmm. and uh, this month's book club pick. So Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, like, are you in the book club or no? No. No. Oh. Okay, it's the I didn't Duke
2: and Laura Dern. Come it's on. It's just them.
0: I well, mean, they have guests, but it's not me. I'm going to be honest. I frequently tune out this particular piece <laughs> of lore when you all talk about it. That's so rude. It's that true. That is mean. You <laughs> just said you shout me down when I act as Greta. But at yeah, least we listen. Greta
1: there to like
2: just cause trouble save the show no because i've died i wish i could even remember how bren and i had gotten to this point (laughs) but (laughs) i don't know oh um vibes vibes Mm -hmm. for the babadook off the chart punk rock i think oh for sure reading is punk rock i think i personally i feel umami Something about... You can't tell me this is not whack, though. <laughs> oh, it is whack, but, like, hanging upside down on the ceiling with your scones yeah. in your book club, like, that is umami. I think yeah. I would also go with umami, yeah. yeah.
1: But I didn't want to be biased towards my own, um, pick, so... <laughs>
2: can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do this on purpose, but, um, we did all end up picking costumes from the same episode, and all unreleased bloopers. hmm um, that was it. That was a night. <laughs> that episode could fuel like sixteen mistake Mondays on its own. Yeah,
0: um, not mistake Mondays that anyone would want.
2: No. Well, there's probably some content in there that people would want, but you'd have to really go looking <laughs> I for I was it. Gonna
0: say, there's probably someone. <laughs> like,
2: I guess. Um. So my my costume is Boba Cook Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um. He. Exists in many parts of the lore, both Ficklic and beyond. The Ficklic specific lore is a fifteen-minute blooper <laughs> where Brett and I go off the rails. Nick sounds exasperated. It's the same blooper as Jarpatine. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, it is, it is the same I one as Jarpatine. I think we had
1: to have talked about something else, so I was betting it was Jarpatine.
2: I haven't seen any of the old Star Wars. I did not know it was <laughs> happening
0: during most of this conversation.
2: It was about Jarpatine, which you can you can make some inferences about what that's about. <laughs> y'all y'all know how to ship. Uh, uh, <laughs> Boba, Junk, Anakin, Skywalker. I think is pretty self explanatory, but like mm-hmm. just in case he isn't, um, Junk, Boba, Junk, Boba, because he has so <laughs> round and his hair is brown. <laughs> from the BTS, Junk, sometimes just looks like the roundest boy in the world. So he looks like a little Boba. And in this 15-minute blooper, he became sort of Anakin Skywalker. Well, also this he is was about...
1: already sort of Anakin Skywalker in my extensive unwritten BDS yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Star Wars AU. I so. hate
0: how obsessed I am with that AU and you're never going to write it. I don't even it's like true. Star Wars.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so he started there. He sort of had a metamorphosis within the Jarpatine 15-minute outtake. Uh-huh. And also... Separately, the three of us all have ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future mm-hmm. that are also our sleep paralysis demons. They, they do both jobs. Yeah. Um, he is my ghost of Christmas future. So... Yeah. That's, that's that, it, I, that's guess. Costume. <laughs> I guess. I guess in terms of being on brand and related like to what you guys said, mm. I think it seems right for me because it's a concept that if I gave myself any amount of time to plan or think about it, could probably be executed in a pretty cool way. But because mm-hmm. I will procrastinate and then not want to spend money on crafts that I will do poorly, it's going to mostly end up being a costume from my closet that I get, like, a little disappointed about because I probably could have done it better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was going to say it feels like a typical you costume because it's, like, a little edgy. hmm I was going to say you could wear
2: fishnets. nets. Who's to say and Skywalker doesn't? Yeah, you
0: could. Yeah. Yep. And oh. you can do some, like, dark makeup.
2: Oh, mm. uh, sorry, I forgot. Punk rock.
0: Punk rock, totally.
1: Oh
2: yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, gay, gay. absolutely, gay. gay, very gay, whack, please. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: sorry, <laughs> it was so whack, we skipped whack.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel good with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, so those those are our costumes. What What are you gonna be
0: for Halloween, Ficklets? <laughs> Let us know if you want to recreate any of these costumes, either from our childhood. Or from our prospective costume pool.
2: Or any, any lore, any fic mm-hmm. like any lore, lore that you are
0: privy
1: to. Yes, please let us know. We would really love to see that. Yeah, if you want to be the Boba duck who sits upside down on my ceiling having a tea party, um, mm-hmm. tea party book club, it's both, um, yeah, I will happily be your accompanying Laura Dern.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, thank that you. That is beautiful. Before we get into our fic discussions, um, we did just want to give a heads up As we alluded to at the beginning, this is a horror-themed episode. Um, We're going to be giving the requisite content warnings before each fake discussion as we normally do, but we thought before we get into it, we just did want to give you a little bit of a heads up that this is going to be, um, yeah, a horror-themed episode. Yeah, um, so I wouldn't call any of us
0: really like horror aficionados. Um, it's not really uh, up any of our alleys as much, so um, I don't think we're going to be talking um, in in too much detail about like the genre and like the really nitty gritty of like, ooh, I'm horrified by this thing for this reason, and I'm going to tell you in detail so you're horrified too. Uh, we're going to talk about the fix, but I think our discussions are going to be a little bit less sort of scary um, or definitely less
1: graphic than the fix themselves are. I also don't think we would categorize any of these fics as sort of what you might typically think of as dark fic um they are horror but you know there is a line between those two i think um and there's definitely some stuff that these fics don't get into um i'd say they're mostly in the realm of sort of like psychological horror violence body horror um but there isn't like anything with kids there's not like graphic sexual violence or like rape, stuff like that. Um, So, you know, we also have our personal limits of things that we're willing to read. I mean, do you think, especially with my fic in particular, there is quite a bit of violence, but um, I just also want to put that out there that there's other things that none of our fics get into. And um, I wouldn't say like we're taking like a deep dive into sort of like dark fic or like the most sort of horrifying things we could find on the internet by any means.
2: Yeah, definitely not. And like I said, like, there will be content warnings for each discussion, so you can sort of decide that if something in particular is not for you, you can just pass on to the next one. Or if it is for you, you can, like, light some candles and listen to it in the dark.
1: (laughs) Ooh,
2: set the spooky mood. I don't think we're going to be that scary.
1: (laughs) I don't think so. We'll have to try harder.
2: okay. Okay, okay. So, my fic is a pod fic. It is called Landfall. The pod ficers are Frecklebombfic and Vidriana underscore pod. The original author is Sioscribe. It is original fiction of two characters, Ayush and Leah, uh, in space together. And to pass the time, they decide to tell some ghost stories. That sounds really nice, Reed. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, coming off of our disclaimer in the intro, I will say absolutely that mine is the least spooky of the three, unsurprisingly. Um, I mean, I do think it's spooky, I think it it fits the theme, but the only thing that this fic is tagged for is existential horror, um, which I think tracks. Mm -hmm. It's pretty short, the original fic is 2k, um, the pod fic itself is between 10 and 20 minutes, um, including, like, a short snippet of bloopers at the end, um... So I think that's, that's all the like context and content warnings you need. I had so much fun listening to this. I think listening to it gave me such a different experience than if I had just like found the fic on its own. Um, In part because I really loved that it was done by two podfickers. Uh, I think that really lended a fun element to the story. Um, But also just the thing about podfic is that it tends to be like spoken at a slower rate than I would normally be reading. And in this case, I think being slowed down absolutely added to my feelings of dread as the story progressed. Um, just to I guess give spoilers for the entire fix so we can get into the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, Ayush and Leah are on a spaceship called the Paramedes, which is known for being like small, reliable, they're in hyperspace, um, they sort of just do transport of goods. It's pretty boring. Uh, you're in Ayusha's point of view, and he sort of thinks about the fact that it is just him and Leah all the time, always on these, like, really long journeys, and they're about to make landfall on a couple days, and he's excited about it. So to whittle away the time, he's like, let's tell a story. So Leah tells a story where she was like, yeah, I grew up in a ship, and my grandmother used to tell me about these creatures called crickets, and they were winged and had armor, and they would jump and fly at you, and I used to think that there were, like, crickets in the corner of the spaceship, but there weren't any. And Ayush like, what? What kind of yeah. a story is it that? Adds, like, yeah, I got over it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, whatever. Um, and then Ayush is like, I'll tell you a real ghost story, and he does. Um, and the mounting dread. Oh God! Uh, before I get like too much into it, it was just like listening to the slow unfurling of his story, and then the little bit that comes after. I was like, oh, 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 no! It's not just the ghost story, like there are more twists and all of them sort of made my gut drop and I thought the delivery of the podfickers was done so well. Um, so this was exactly the kind of like spooky vibe I wanted that didn't leave me terrified for days after, but I feel like definitely fit the horror theme. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, what did you guys think? Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, I mean, as our
1: ficlets probably already know, unless this is your first episode, <laughs> um, I don't listen to much podfic, mostly because I'm incredibly impatient and can read faster than podfickers usually talk (laughs) but like reed said i think being forced to sort of slow down and listen to this a little bit more drawn out really worked in the story's favor um i thought the setting was great uh it's a multi-voice podfic which i thought worked very well in this um you're sort of getting the narration uh, from one person and then um, Ayush as the actual storyteller from another and I thought that the sort of hearing him and having his distinct voice tell the story um, worked really well for me in that regard. I liked it a lot and I think that really stood out to me as one of the things that like I hadn't really thought about in podfic before even though I have listened to a few multi-voice ones I don't this just the storyteller aspect of this I thought was really effective. I love space and science fiction, so that element also worked really well for me. I think space and horror are very fun together. Like, this sort of just complete aloneness that you can have in space the the knowledge that no one is coming to help you or that like you can't just like find other people very easily i think all of those are elements that are embodied in this fic and that worked really well for me um it did kind of remind me of a couple doctor who episodes too which isn't a bad thing i love that show still so um i enjoyed that part yeah i really
0: love this i love podfic i listen to a fair amount and I think it's great. Um, I did want to shout out my Ficklet and yours, Freckle Bomb Fick. Hey, <laughs> you did a great job. I mean, I, I know both of the pod figures and they are fabulous and great. So it was really cool to also like listen to something by them and, and hear their take on it. Um, yeah, I mean, this was awesome. It was really cool. I definitely agree that listening to it at sort of this like slowed down, very deliberate pace made a really big difference in terms of the experience. I think if I'd read 2k, like it would have been very, very quick (laughs) and I would have been like, okay. Um, and I also feel like by the time I get toward the end of a fic, I start like skimming a little bit and that would not have been good here. So, um, I am glad that, that was one of sort of the options of consuming this work. Um, I love that it's an original work of fiction. I think that is so fun. We haven't done that before because this is a fan fiction podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how that works with our with our lore, but the pod fic is definitively transformative.
2: Yeah. So I think it absolutely mm-hmm. counts. Um, also, like, it's hosted on AO3. Yeah. Well, I looked and the original fic was written for um, Trick or Treat, which... I had not heard of it before, but when I clicked on the collection, this is from 2017, and when I clicked on the collection, it said it was, like, an event along the ideas of Yuletide or something like that. The original author did write it for someone, so I guess it is an exchange in that way, and, um, the pod figures in this did say, like, one of the tags is trick-or-treat trick. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think I can make some assumptions about what, (laughs) what this exchange looked like, um... So yeah, I don't know. I mean, even though it's original fiction, it's definitely like part of a fandom event. And then as you said, the pod fic is also a transformative work. And I think that falls very much into the realm of what we talk about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just really liked it. It was fun. I liked like the little things that you picked up that paid off at the end. I thought it was really well conceived. And also like, I just love how fun it is to like realize that they were in the same room recording it. The bloopers at the end were so funny. And also like, a bomb to my, to my scared soul. <laughs> I don't know, there's something about hearing two people tell you such, like, a, a creepy story and then, like, a pause and then you just hear them laughing after, like, messing up and, like, giggling about stuff. And I was like, okay, we're, it, all, we're here and we're
2: fine. It felt so deeply relatable. Like, yeah. they, like, deliver the end and then there's a pause and it's like, fuck yeah. And that feels like exactly the way we end our episodes as well. Yeah. Um I agree I loved I loved the little outtakes at the end I think for me too one of the things that I like loved about the experience of listening to this is um so I used to telling this ghost story and his story is that because he was like quote unquote the cousin from space like when he went to visit his family his cousins would try to tell him the story to scare him where there was this big ship um that had a scar on the hull but otherwise was like just a well-known ship and it got turned into like a vacation vessel I guess and um for a while it was fine and then one time there was a family with a little boy and the little boy goes missing and after he goes missing all of the other people who are on that transport at the same time they start disappearing bit by bit and I'm going to insert a little clip here of the podfic because they can read it much better than I can <laughs> they already did yeah Little
1: by little, all the people who had been on that last trip disappeared. Like whatever had eaten the boy was less hungry now, and could afford to go through the rest of them, bite by bite. It didn't matter that they had made landfall. And when I say they disappeared little by little,
0: I don't mean they disappeared one by one. I mean little by little.
1: They would forget the names of their children. They would go to brush their teeth at night and just stand there looking at themselves in the mirror. They would tell stories... They would tell stories that led nowhere. They would forget the punchlines, the jokes. But it wasn't like they were just getting old. It was like like they were forgetting how to be human.
2: And this was like the first point where my stomach dropped. Like, Because I read little by little and I also thought it was like mm-hmm. a one by one they start disappearing. And instead to know it was like the slow taking away of their humanity. I was like, oh, oh, this is a good ghost story and I am... Yeah. I am afraid.
0: I was actually kind of relieved because when I first listened and it was like bit by bit, I was like, oh no. I imagined like, ooh, body horror warning, body horror horns. <laughs> <I laughs> That's
1: worse those. than what you're about to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure people know.
2: <laughs> because I promise I won't let that become a recurring bit. You can try. Oof. Um, anyway,
0: I really thought um, that it was going to say that, like, there were, like, bites taken out of them or ah. something. Or, like, oops, where's my left foot? I don't know. A lot. So then when it was, like, ooh, like, their minds I was, like, okay, that sucks, but, like, at least it's
1: not. Like, ooh, there's a chunk of my arm missing.
2: N- no body horror in this one. I'm in
1: full yeah. agreement with Nick, because that was exactly what my brain did as well. Because right before that, the fic also reads, um... <clears throat> Little by little, all the people who had been on that last trip disappeared. Like, whatever had eaten the boy was less hungry now. And I was like, oh yeah, so like, they're just like, things are just going to be gone from their physical forms. (laughs) I like the twist it took a lot better. And I think it fits the story that this, like, fic is obviously telling much more. (laughs) But yeah, I have the same exact thought. I also
0: want to say who among us has not been so tired that they went to brush their teeth and they just stood there
1: staring at themselves <laughs> in the mirror? Because <laughs> that was, like, actually unexpectedly relatable. Thank mm-hmm. you, Skyoscribe. One time I put the toothpaste in my hand instead of, like, face cleanser and <laughs> went to rub it together and put it on my face. So that was going to be good.
2: You were like, oh, this is really oh exfoliating. Oh, no. I didn't we're actually – I, I
1: realized before I put it on my face, but it was fully, like, rubbed <laughs> in my hand.
2: So after you get that revelation – um Ayush keeps going with his story and he says basically that all of the people who are on this transport also I need to backtrack I am like in the sake of just trying to give you a summary so we can discuss it I am absolutely butchering any sort of delivery like please go listen to the podfic mm-hmm. it is like really well done yeah and lovely and all of the way... if you have
0: 15 minutes and this sounds interesting go listen to that before we just absolutely destroy the ending for yeah you.
2: there's there's still a twist and also again they will say it just so much better than yeah. I am about to So now that you've listened to the pod fic, just in case you didn't or, like, it has been immediately wiped from your mind. Oh. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Ayush keeps going and basically says that all of the people who are on this transport decide that, um, they have to go back and search the ship for the body of the little boy because once they find him, then the curse will end. And they search in every corner, in every closet, and they can't find him, but somehow they just know that he's sitting propped up in the corner of a closet, like, with his eyes, like, wide open, staring at nothing. Um... And he turns around with, like, a big flourish to finish the story off. And Leah isn't there. And he's like, Haha, Leah. Like, this is some really childish humor. Like, Good
0: joke, Leah.
2: Okay, everyone disappears. Like, the boy disappeared and now you're gone. Like, haha. ha uh, And then he starts searching their very small ship. And he can't find Leah. And he goes into her room and feels just an overwhelming amount of dread. And opens her closet. And there's nothing there because it's a very small closet. It could barely fit one person. And he feels relieved for a moment. And then he goes back to his room And some of the things in his internal narration are contradicting things he had said earlier. And he starts feeling dread. And he starts realizing that it doesn't matter that they're supposed to make landfall and he's supposed to leave the ship because there will only ever be these white walls. And he hears a noise on the other side of his door. And it sounds like someone trying to speak, but who's forgotten how to be human. And it sounds like crickets. And the last, like, oh my god, the image of it. I was just like reeling. It was really good. The delivery. Wow. The pod pickers unparalleled.
1: I think it's definitely the part where uh, listening to someone else tell me the story was the most effective for me. Um, Like I was already really into the style of it um, earlier on as soon as like Ayush starts telling the story, but I think once he starts going and looking through all of the parts of the ship, and I was like, the closets, Ayush, the (laughs) closets, I was like, well, you have a closet too, you fool. Wrong closet, Ayush. That's where I was so glad I couldn't just look ahead and I was like forced to sort of sit in it and listen. Um, That part just worked really, really well for me. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the reasons I really liked it was because it
0: was fairly short. Um, because there's a point, like, earlier in the narration where Leah says something, like, oh, yeah, and, like, during her story, she's like, and that night, like, she, like, got over it or whatever, ha, 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 and then later on, she's like, there's no night in space, and then they they get talking about, like, if there's any day or night in space, like, what that means, and at first, it's just sort of, like, a funny, like, contradiction, and, you know, talking about space. Who in space doesn't talk about day-night cycles and how you sort of mimic them internally so that you feel like a human still?
2: Yeah, I mean, I did when I was on, uh, on a spaceship. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I had yeah. those conversations a lot. Brenna,
1: when you went to space to scream? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely something I thought about. You know, I was, like, alone up there yeah. for a long time, but... Makes sense.
0: <laughs> also, like when, you really, like, when you really think about it, because all of these words are so close together because there's only 2,000 of them, it's like, oh... Okay, so maybe Leah forgot about night and then she kept forgetting things and she's in the closet and she's forgotten language and then she's going to die in there. Ayush, open the closet! But he won't. Which, honestly, fair. (laughs) If I heard horrible garbled cricket noises from my closet, I too would be like, you know what, maybe I'll deal with this later. (laughs) Or never.
2: I feel like the length works really well and also I would have listened to like 20 more minutes of this. I mean, I would have listened to a lot more of this, but, like, as we sort of said, the the pace of the narration drawing things out, I would have also loved if it was, like, drawn out even further. Mm. If I was forced to sit in the horror of Ayush searching, even though there's not a lot of places to search on the ship, like, of him trying to prolong the inevitability of going back to his room... Or, get, I don't know, getting to see more of his deterioration?
1: I'm in total agreement with Reed. Like, I love this, but I wanted even more of it. Like, I definitely could have sort of sat through more of the sort of eking out of the horror, I think, in the slow realizations. Like, I thought it was so effective at the end, but I was like, yeah, like, it would have been fun to sort of have that creeping sense of dread for even longer. That, like, tingly spine feeling when you're like, oh god! <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I definitely
0: think that's a testament to how good it is. Because I think sometimes there's horror that makes me want to be like, okay, please, I don't want this. Like, you know how when you see a movie, and then there's, and the movie is like really cool and nice. And then the trailers are like, here's this horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, stop, 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 stop. Like, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's a kind of horror that I'm like, maybe I want this. Like, you want to be like a little bit scared by it. Um, and, like, you want to feel something. And so I think that was def- this- this fic for sure was the latter for me. I- I didn't want it to end, and when it did, I was like, oh, that was good.
2: This fic is also my ideal horror because, um, as sort of mentioned before, I think, I am noted baby. Mm -hmm. I- like, I really can't do horror at all. Reading things is definitely... I have a higher threshold for reading than I do for watching anything. You get scared um, when I walk into the kitchen. That's I'm different. not even doing anything. I just walk in. Startled and scared are two different <laughs> things. Um. But yeah, I mean, like, I will sometimes just for fun, I will read the, like, plot summaries of scary movies that I know I will never watch. And reading them is fine. Watching them would be horrible for my brain. But I feel like this fits the exact type of horror I want to consume because it is scary like I did very much feel like spooked by it but also it happens on a spaceship and that's fine because that can't happen to me like I think the problem with horror is that I just when I'm alone at night with my thoughts my brain is spiraling it's like what if this horrible thing I just watched Mm -hmm. what if the ghost is in the corner of my room but like I (laughs) have not taken transport on a spaceship I know I said that earlier I'm sorry I lied Mm, um I actually have only ever been on earth and so this was a good ghost story that is not applicable to my life and will not haunt my dreams.
0: <laughs> on a completely unrelated note to that, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to mention that this fic was recorded at Europod Friends. Um, so I feel like I've touched a little bit on the pod about pod fic sort of being a fandom in and of itself. Um, there are not usually like a ton of pod in each fandom. It's, like, podfickers who know each other, who are doing all kinds of things all over the place. Um, some podfickers are exceptionally prolific. Um, some, you know, just, like, will do their occasional one. Uh, that's me. I just occasionally podfic, but I consider myself part of the community because they're all very nice <laughs> and allow me to. Um, but... One of the really cool things is that people will organize sort of these like conventions or meetups um, for pod And one of the ones that I've most seen is Europod Friends. Um, As you might have guessed by the name, it's hosted in Europe. I have never been. (laughs) I doubt I will ever be able to attend. Um, They did do a virtual one this year, I think, actually, but. You know, European podfickers are doing their thing at like two in the morning our time, so <laughs> I'll let them do that. But it's just really cool, I think, to to look at the way fandom can bring people together and and help people create things that they wouldn't have otherwise been able to. Um, so just hearing them in the same room in the bloopers brought me a lot of joy, and just thinking about the way that podfickers will like really connect with each other and try to push the envelope and create things and do multi voices and. Just find new and exciting ways to transform fic, uh, which is already transformative. It just is really, really cool to me. So I wanted to shout that out.
2: Yeah, I would love to know how they found this fic, mm. um, given that it is, like, original fiction. I mean, maybe they were going through the, the Trick or Treats collection or whatever it was, which I do also love that, like, this fic was written for a fandom sort of exchange event and then was podficked also as a specific fandom event yeah. and not just like two podfickers which it would have been lovely either way but I think that's fandom is good
0: yeah you know and podfickers love events <laughs> <laughs> my brain is just going like podfic bingo voice team pod together oh god ITPE I could I could say so many more I'm just thinking about all the events that go on it's just fun
2: yeah Nick is the reason I have any sort of experience with podfic um and now the podfic community, you roped me into doing a podfic for a podfic event, mm-hmm. um, voice team? Yes. Yeah. And then I did another one for Pod Together, and now I'm also part of a podfic exchange. I also
1: put Brenna in a multi-voice one time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to participate in things. I just have such a low, I have such a low self motivation for like <laughs> creating content, which I know sounds weird because like here I am doing this podcast, but like I would never have been able to do this on my own. I can only do it because it's with friends. So that's sort of how I feel about like Podfic or something too. I'd be happy to participate with people, but <laughs> you're probably Pod not gonna if catch you're out me there. on my own, even though I have a good mic and everything. But
0: it's true. If, if you're looking for a side character in your next multivoice, you know who to call. Sure. Phone
1: <laughs> My number phone is...
2: number. <laughs> this all to say, Landfall by Frecklebombfic and Vidriana Pod, originally written by Sioscribe, is a phenomenal fic, a phenomenal pod fic. If you're looking for something spooky to listen to, even though we did spoil it, I still think it's worth it. Um, their delivery is really great. It's also just a good example of fandom friends doing things together that I really love. So, if this discussion was interesting to you at all, maybe you should go give it a listen. And also, do a podfic yourself. Mm-hmm. Invite Brenna. Yeah. Sure. All right.
0: Sounds good. <laughs>
1: so my fic for this week is called vermilion bones slither through my veins make a liar out of me by prince pixel um, like i mentioned in the intro this is a fic for k-pop group nct um, it includes members from nct127 nct dream and also wayv um, there's a bunch of them in here <laughs> like a lot of boys so if you are familiar with nct Hopefully it'll be easier for you to follow along. If you aren't familiar, you might be best off pretending like these are original characters because there's too many of them for me to, like, intro completely. Um, This fic is definitely horror. Um, I would say, I don't want to say mine's the scariest of the three because I think Nyx introduces some concepts that I personally find like personally creepier um yeah because i find the like psychological stuff more affecting sometimes than just like violence um but i would say mine definitely has a lot of violence so the premise for this fic before i sort of get into more of the content warnings um is that the members of nct go to a sort of like halloween horror nights kind of event at an amusement park um but when they arrive everything's a little bit weird like the actors they expected aren't really there there's like one guy with a chainsaw (laughs) like i don't even see the chainsaw guy things don't seem good (laughs) but they're like you know let's go on some rides like i like let's just try it out um things quickly spiral downwards um and you uh the reader are left to make some choices about what you're gonna do you're essentially playing from the pov of Taeyong. And you have to sort of make choices as to what you're going to do and how you're going to lead your group. Um, like I said before, this has like a definite slasher movie vibe to it. Like that's all I could think about while I was reading it. Um, it's got a little bit of like the campy aspect that I also think of with like slasher movies. I kind of av- envisioned some like low budget gore <laughs> oftentimes, um, which I think made it for me kind of fun also alongside the, um, graphic violence. So, I've said that a few times now. Um, basically to understand the content warnings, um, there are different routes you can take because this is a choose-your-own adventure. You are trying to save as many people as you can. It is impossible to get out with everyone alive, so major character death is definitely one of the warnings. Um, the other big ones I would say, psychological horror, gore, blood, um, body horror. <laughs> I don't even know.
0: <laughs>
1: um, like most things that you associate with slasher films are probably in one of these routes. You might not encounter all of them because it depends on which chapters you read. Uh, there's about 50 chapters. I, in my first playthrough, only read nine of them. So that kind of gives you an idea of how much of this fic you might actually read and, like, how long it will take for you to, like, quote, play it. Um, because the full word count is, like, 100k, but it doesn't actually take you that many words to, like, get the experience. Um.
2: You were saying, like, sort of, like, campy slasher, like, low-budget horror. I feel like the way you could also some of the content warnings, like, um, you know, sort of, I guess, like, in, like, a campy slasher film, like, it's not just like, oh, someone dies. It's like, the way they die is absolutely wild yeah. and varies a lot depending on route. Yeah. So it is hard yes. also to give content warnings for everything, but, like, get imaginative. It probably happens.
1: <laughs> yes. Good point, Reed. Um, I will say, in my route, everyone died. So that's the worst possible version, um. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. a bad ending. If that's not something you want to read, then this fic isn't for you. <laughs> um... I didn't find it like personally super horrifying like I was still okay walking around my dark apartment which is like my sort of threshold I didn't like see things behind my eyelids when I tried to go to sleep but it was definitely creepy there were some moments where I f- definitely felt my stomach turn and where I was like <gasps> like gasped in sort of horror at a couple of the deaths because you do like if a character dies in your route you do either see it on screen or you encounter their body after their death so it's not like, oh, and characters just like go missing, like you're going to see them dead. So, that's kind of my premise and content warnings for this. <laughs> um, I definitely was like, okay, let's lean into the horror aspect with this one. It's not something I would usually choose to read, but I had a lot of fun with it, which is kind of why I wanted to bring it and I thought like it would make a for a fun discussion to see what choices we all made, what routes we got, and if anyone was able to save any members of NCT from dying grisly deaths. <laughs> So I think we're gonna do our discussion a little bit differently um than most of our fix. I thought it'd be kind of fun to go around and talk a little bit about like what our endings were and then work backwards from there. So if you want to play this game without more spoilers, go play it now and then come back and listen because we are gonna talk about uh the endings we got and some other potential endings that we like went and found. Um so it includes a lot of spoilers for what happens uh throughout this these different uh possible routes that you could take. So I know I've been talking for a little while here, but just bear with me, ficlets. (laughs) Um, We thought it'd be fun to go in sort of order of worst to least worst ending. Mine was very bad. I... I killed all but one boy. I say I killed, like I, I obviously it was you didn't. personally. <laughs> they died in the story, and it isn't actually Taeyong killing them. Um, but you know, I kind of felt responsible since I was the one making
2: choices. Um, yeah, getting a notification in our Discord server that was just like, "Well, I killed all my boys." From my face, yeah. I was like, "Oh, something has gone very wrong with Brenna's <laughs> something read. Something
1: happened here." Um, I will also say there are a couple options you can choose that aren't, like, completed routes. I think this is very understandable. This work is immensely long and has a lot of options already. Um, but if that's something that would, like, bother you to encounter, just a heads up. For me, it really didn't detract much from my own, like, playing and reading experience. I just want to sort of put that out there. Um, yes, my ending was very bad. Uh... So, I kind of knew it was going to be. Um, (laughs) When I was reading this, I was like, okay, so I'm probably not going to play all of the routes, but I want to get an idea of what this holds, like, before I bring it for the pod. So, as I was making choices, I was like, the first one you make is kind of like, you can either keep going down a path you probably know isn't going to be great, or just like turn around and try and leave. And I was like, well, we got to go in, like, we got to see what this is all about. And then things really just devolved from there. Um, there's a character who I knew I probably shouldn't keep trusting because, uh, they had killed another member and also were- seemed like things weren't going too well for them. Um, but I was like, we're, we're in it! We're in it till the end! <laughs> um, so I kept trusting him and it was bad. Um, at the very end it's just- I was just left with uh because he's our POV character and Jaehyun who is the character I kept trusting because they are also the main pairing of this fic and I was like well if Taeyong is in love with Jaehyun then I have to also act like that while I'm playing this game um and it was bad Jaehyun shoved my body in front of a car (laughs) I'm sorry I'm laughing it's just like that was you kind sort of, hit of that like, point.
2: Yeah, yeah, like I just had a it's feeling. Like, this might as well
1: happen <laughs> throughout. Throughout, like especially the last chapter, where like more and more boys are dying, more and more rapidly. Where like as it was unfolding, I couldn't help but just sort of laugh because it was so out of my hands. I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> what, have <I> <laughs> any of this? what have I done? What have I done? Oh no, the dreamies—they ate poisoned berries." <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so I got to that ending I was like have fun
2: friends like good luck yeah so Nick and I didn't know anything about Bren's choices apart Uh from that it ended poorly yeah um so we read the first chapter together and then uh I think as Bren alluded to at the end of the first chapter you notice that one of the members Lucas is missing and you have the option to keep going because like he'll probably catch up with you later or to go back and find him um If I was playing the way, just like I normally would, I would have gone back to find him, but because we hadn't known what Bren did, we decided to split and make sure each one of us picked each option so that at least we knew our roots would be, like, a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So I got the route where I was like, bye Lucas, he'll find us later. He doesn't. Um, technically the ending I got was neutral. I ended up with six total dead boys, apologies. Um, some of their deaths were really graphic, that was horrible to witness. Um yeah, I mean like it doesn't end like super happy, but they do like the rest of the ones who do make it out sort of like make it back to presumably their mostly normal lives. Um there were some bits where Chunla, who is one of the characters, had made some sort of like references to a board game he was playing and at the very end of my route, he is really upset and he's like I want to reach out to apologize to one of the characters. Um so he and Jisung, I believe it was in my route. We're like, okay, we're gonna play this game again, but they didn't want to play it alone in their room. And so they go into Taeyong's room. And the last sentence of my route is someone saying to Taeyong, Taeyong, are you okay? You look a little pale. Neutral end. That's what I was told. Mm-hmm. Nick read this and was like, horrible, horrible. The implications <laughs> of your route are awful. <laughs> I was surprised it was neutral because I
0: was like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, so I got the good ending on my first try, not to be like just the best, um, but uh, you know. Okay, I, to be fair, I also killed six boys. <laughs> so,
2: like, I don't we're think equal you can in kill that kill regard. Less
0: than six. <laughs> I did manage to save Lucas, though. He lived the entire way through, baby. He's good job for Lucas. He, he's he's good in this fic. I was happy I kept him alive. Yeah, so I went back for Lucas. Um, yeah, my route looked very different from Brennan Reed's because that initial decision made a huge difference um I had a couple of choices that I couldn't make um either because it was just like the one like continue and I was like I guess um or the other one was under construction so um that helped for sure um also my instincts to keep trusting boys served me well I will say I was reading, um, the majority of the end of this fic while I was on voice chat with, um, dear ficlet Buche and author of the pod, Emma VX Minz. Um, they were, they were chatting with me <laughs> because, okay, Reed that wasn't home, Reed went to go hang out with Brenna without me. It's fine. No, I didn't want to go. I was, like invited. Invited. I was, I was <laughs> anyway, so I was home by myself and Okay so after i read the first chapter and then a little bit of the second when you like find lucas and he's like okay i know this looks bad i'm holding a knife and my hands are bloody this woman's dead but i didn't do it and i trusted him (laughs) and that went well um that was basically as far as i'd read before i decided to read the rest because we we all had done just like you know a little test to see if we wanted to bring it for the pod um and then a few nights later i had a horrible traumatic nightmare about zombies (laughs) that woke me up at four in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep and then I was like hello okay my dream had so little to do with this fic like in my dream I was like wow this is just like Brenna's fic and then I woke up and I was like this is nothing like Brenna's fic (laughs) but I had developed that association so I got so scared not of the fic but of having another nightmare (laughs) but thankfully Buche and Emma really held my hand through it thank you friends um, and, uh, the decision that they wanted me to make at the end actually would have led to a bad ending, but I made the decision that led to the good ending by comforting Yuta who had just killed four boys with a stick. <laughs> 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 it's okay, Yuta, don't worry about it. I know earlier you killed Do Young, and you've been at odds with me this entire time, but it's not your fault.
2: So, okay, wait, let me yes. just clarify. In uh-huh. your, in your ending, you had lost six boys. Yeah. Five of them killed by Yuta. Yes. Wow. <laughs>
1: Yuta, I think, lived though, so that's exciting. I don't think he killed anyone in my route. Yeah, well, Utah's I don't know. You almost made it to the end of my route. I think oh, you no. pushed Doyoung off a cliff at the very end. But I i kind of lost track because in the last chapter, it was like, well, we've got these boys left, but they're not going to make it till the end. And it was just like death, death, <laughs> death. Rapid death. fire. <laughs> God, um, yeah. So I'm not exactly clear on just how the last few die because I just kind of felt myself spiraling because I was like, oh god, but even if, like, Taehyung and Jaehyun make it out, like, it's not gonna be okay. Like, <laughs> it wasn't okay.
2: <laughs> no,
0: yeah. Well, I comforted Yuta because he seemed very alarmed, and by this point I had figured out something was sort of possessing these boys, and it wasn't their fault. Lucas has been so nice this entire time, and he killed someone. Let's give you a chance too. The only one who was not cool is jaehyun NCT jaehyun meet me in the parking lot.
2: <laughs> I don't think you want to meet this NCT. <laughs> no, Chandra. I really this don't. Is NCT <laughs> is
0: going to kill you on site I'll have holy water.
2: Uh... I don't think it'll work. I
0: think he'll kill me. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I comforted Yuta. I saved him, and then there was a whole thing with the Ouija board. So Chenla. Only Chenla. la Ji-Sung was dead by this point. I'm so sorry. I don't think I could have saved him. I really don't. Mm. He just sort of left and then we found him dead. And I was like, well, that's unfortunate. Also, like, very gruesomely dead. But, you know, rest in peace. Um, but <laughs> Chenla pulled out the board and was like, yeah, we were doing this in the room with jae Jae-hyun. And jae like, I don't want to mess with that. And everyone's like, we do. Let's talk to Johnny, who was dead. So they talk to Johnny (laughs) via the board. Anyway, it turns into a whole thing where you find out that when they had initially used it, they opened up a path for a horrible demon to possess Jahan. And we managed to expunge it from him. Uh, Taeyong wakes up in the hospital. No one else has died, thankfully. Even Jaehyun survives, so that's nice. He feels horrible guilt, though, so that's unfortunate. Um, Yeah, Taeyong goes to therapy. We love it. They visit the gravestones. They get closure. It's beautiful. So that's the good ending. (laughs) That's one. I think there are two good endings. This is the one that I found um fun fact if you try to restrain you to everybody dies
2: (laughs) yeah there's a couple of those there's there's a choice on brent route that ostensibly seems like it would be the wrong one and when Uh you pick it its results are immediate and graphic however it's it's to trust jaehyun when uh ten is like acting kind of weird Mm -hmm. spoilers jaehyun murders ten it's really bad however If you choose not to, like, if you choose not to trust Jaehyun and you stop him from killing Ten, then Ten just kills you and that's it. That's the end of your route. So sometimes... Can't I sacrifice for my boys? I mean, okay, here's the thing. You technically could, but once you're dead, who is to stop Jaehyun from just continuing his murder spree? That's a fair point. Also, I do want to say, your dream, Mm -hmm. your nightmare had collateral damage. (laughs) And the damage was me. So, um... After I went to hang out with Bren, mm-hmm. um, I came back. I was like, okay, time to read this fic.
0: Mm-hmm. It was pretty late at night at this point. Oh,
2: yeah. I I was like reading it and I was like dropping some of my reactions and like my roots in our Discord server. Um, and as I had some like very gruesome deaths and as the clock hit like, I don't know, 1230 in the morning and so I was quite tired. I wrapped up the fic and I just had sort of like a, a bad unsettled feeling in my stomach And I am someone who, like, I dream very vividly very often. I remember my dream almost every single morning. Um, They're usually pretty whack, but, like, whack in a way that is fine. I then, my brain started to spiral where I was like, well, Nick read this and had a horrible nightmare, (laughs) so what if I now also have a horrible nightmare? And I just kept going, and so I texted Nick. Like, I was like, I'm done with the fic, and I'm tired, but I'm afraid to go to sleep, sad face. And, like, Nick, who was already, like, 75% asleep, yeah. gets up, comes into my room, and then we just both slept in my room, <laughs> because we were afraid of having a nightmare Like, repeat. little
0: kids at a sleepover.
2: Literally. Like, I'm too afraid to sleep alone. I was holding on to, I have a little plushie that is Mong, who is, like, a BTS cartoon character, and I had him just sort of, then, just sort of, like, cradled in my arms. You didn't yeah, have a nightmare? Yeah, I was like, no. hmm I didn't have a nightmare, is what Nick said. I-
1: um yeah when you two were in in the chat being like oh no like we're gonna have horrible nightmares i was like haha wouldn't it be funny if i was the one who ended up with a nightmare <laughs> yeah. um but then i slept very soundly, so you'll be pleased oh to God. hear i would have felt so guilty <laughs> <laughs> no it's okay i almost never remember my dreams so um the odds were in my favor on that maybe you one you did have a nightmare
0: hmm? maybe and you just don't know well, yeah exactly
1: i definitely could have i just don't remember so it's like i didn't which is good so, I had played my route, like, mostly on my own. I only put, like, a couple of my reactions in our chat, which were, like, oh, God, I've killed another boy. Like, oh, God, my boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, insert that Griffin McElroy club. <laughs> but, um, yeah. like, then when Reed and Nick were finishing playing it, like, um, we were just all in Discord. And one of the things that I think we were talking about either then or at some time between then and now, time is a blur all we do is talk about fan fiction, um, Mm -hmm. is how the fic as a game, like, teaches you rules, um, which is one of the things I thought was really interesting and kind of wanted to discuss a bit. Um, I think one of the clearest rules is if someone disappears, it's unlikely you're gonna get them back in good condition. Um. (laughs) Or, like, at all. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can't say like a hundred percent because like if you do go look for Lucas at the beginning, you can find him and he can be okay. But I really feel like that's basically the only one. Generally, mm, all there's other no times, time to waste. If someone else goes to, like goes missing or disappears, like you either find them as sort of like a a husk, which is what Ten was, which is sort of like a zombie, um, or you just find them dead. Um, yeah, so that's something G-Sodd you learn in route. pretty early on. Is like if someone's gone, they're gone. Like. Or he then...
0: split off, because there's there's an offshoot of my route that I ended up going back and looking at where Taeyong separates from the group. He like goes in a fun house. It's a whole thing. In the fun house, he discovers three bodies of his like members and then when he leaves they're like how is it always you finding the bodies like you should leave and then when I was like okay fine I should leave they're like wait what why are you leaving no I should leave (laughs) yeah that's a bad ending well technically I think it's actually neutral if you do the right things but
1: it's not great and then there's just sort of like the ongoing question of like who do you trust you know like I think so many of the choices in this fic are based around Which of your members you're going to trust, which I think is such an interesting premise. Like some of them are, okay, do I go this way? Do I go that way? But most of them are like, how do I intervene in this situation? Or like how... Do I, like, navigate, like, my emotional state regarding these people? Um, I knew I was making bad choices with Jaehyun. I was like, this boy (laughs) is sketchy. Like, he was starting, like, he was starting to say really cryptic things. Like, I was getting weird text messages. He kept taking pictures pictures of people people on his phone. I was like, Jaehyun, this is serial killer behavior. Um, And It was. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Well, for him, it was
2: demonic possession behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: please. he did kill a bunch of people, too, so I feel like. Yeah, yeah
2: that's fair. Uh, it was
1: kind of both, but. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is bad, but then I had already made choices to trust Jaehyun, so I just kept trusting him, because I was like, well, I gotta stick to my guns, at least. Um, but yeah, I just, I thought that was, like, an interesting point of this fic, is, like, how many of the choices are really related to, like, your relationship with the other members and, like, your sort of emotional state in the fic. Yeah. Um, I thought that that part of it, like, was effective for me because there are a lot of times where you don't get to make a choice. Things are just happening. And personally, I kind of enjoyed that because it, it was the same sensation as, like, watching like a slasher film or honestly, just, like, reading a scary book where it's, like, it's just sort of out of your control and all you can do is, like, read faster and faster to try and, like, learn what's happened. Um, But I thought it was, like, effective to then have the big choices be centered around these sort of, like, emotional relationship moments.
2: Yeah, I think I had a slightly different experience to Brenna, even though our paths were pretty similar um, up until sort of the end, where I think the thing I struggled with a little bit, um playing this game apart from just the gruesome deaths um and I'm saying this also knowing that first of all a choose your own adventure is such a big undertaking and also that I do think this author did like a very phenomenal job weaving some very intricate stories that have a bunch of different roots like it's very impressive um I think where I just struggled a little bit was sometimes I would be presented with a decision like one of them was like go into the woods or, like, leave the park. And I was like, leave, leave, why on earth would we stay here? Um, and after getting a scene of, like, choosing to leave the park, my ending option is just actually go into the woods. And that happened to me a couple times where I would make a choice and then get to the end of it, uh, like, end of that chapter, and the end of the chapter would be actually your only option now is the other choice that you could have made. Um, so there was some element of where, like, I didn't I didn't feel like I was necessarily making the choices. I was just sort of along for the ride. Um, but the, but yeah, I mean, like the choices I did make did have a huge impact because it was that early one of, do I go save Lucas or not? And then I think like the other big one, like the only one I think that made our paths diverge, Brenna, was there's a bit where Jaehyun and Chunla are both drowning in a lake and you can try to save one or other or both. And I looked at this and I was like, if I save both, I drown. I just know that there's Mm -hmm. no way I save both. You are right. Trusting Jaehyun not the right choice. Um <laughs> so I I chose to save Chun-La and that is how I got my neutral ending. So Ooh. that is that is like But I don't know. I was like as Taeyang, I was trying to make the decision between Jaehyun who you just had a conversation with like right before they went to sleep like and then they wake up to to the members drowning like you had this whole conversation about how they were each other's anchor and like how important they were to one another. And so you're in Taeyong's head where he's like Jaehyun who is the love of his life who means so much to him they just had this deep emotional conversation or like Chunla who he is trying to look out for and who like he feels like a deep sense of like protectiveness over yeah. how do you make that choice you don't trust the one who's being demonically possessed is the answer yeah,
0: that makes sense i mean i also think the the root the the, the big divergence at the beginning i think turning back to save lucas ended up having a little bit more of a robust system mm. of roots, So I think that if you had gone in that direction instead, you probably would have found more different options. Because I went on a rabbit hole the morning after I read this fic of, like, what's happening here. Like, there, there's a route that I could take where it goes all the way to, like, Taeyang hiding in a water park and then just sort of drowning. And I was like, what, <laughs> <laughs> what are you, you do? Oh, but
1: He got so far, but then... Yeah,
0: it was, like, bad ending. I was like, yes, I'm aware. <laughs> Oh, so there was that too. I think. Also, like I, what you were talking about, Brenna, with like who you trust. I also think there's the flip side of like who trusts you, mm-hmm. because I think there there was one option with Yuta and Do Young where the one of the routes was closed off, and I really wondered if I had been able to take that not closed off, but it was under construction, um, and I wonder if I had taken that route instead, if Yuta would have trusted me, or if he would have died. Maybe I don't know. Either way, could I have saved the four boys he killed? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um I don't think to my knowledge at least I could have saved any more boys than I did. I tried so hard to keep them alive and I did an okay job. I th- yeah, I think you did the best job that you could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but it was just interesting to see how like there was a lot of social interplay which I wasn't necessarily expecting. I thought it was going to be more like life or death decisions and it was a lot more of like how can they all work together and how can Tayon like do his best as the leader to like support them and also keep everyone not happy certainly there's there's no being happy after that first death and certainly not after the sixth um but at least as this sort of more united front to keep them safe
2: something that i think is interesting too is how you said like you get to you turn back for lucas you go you see that his hands are bloody he probably just killed someone um and it's funny because you said your options were, like, trust Lucas or, like, trust the group who are upset yeah, at him. The
0: group are like, you just killed this woman.
2: But you were you were saying, like, you as Nick in your brain, yeah. you were like, oh, trust Lucas, meaning, like, I trust that he is telling the truth and that he wasn't in his right mind state. Mm-hmm. And then you click it, and the fig actually was like, I trust Lucas, he didn't do this. And you're like, well. <laughs> like,
0: well, he clearly did this.
2: <laughs> that's not quite what I meant, but I guess the outcome is okay anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know what? He got the spirit. Sometimes Taeyong's logic, I was like, well. I guess, who's to say what I would be thinking if I was put in this situation? I
1: mean, Young is sort of one of your classic, like, slasher movie protags. Like, I think that's what kind of got me excited about, like, parts of this fic, is that feeling of just, like, knowing that someone in the movie you're watching is making such a dumb choice, and yet you can't stop them from doing it, and, like, I love Young as a member of NCT. Some of the things he did in this fic, I was like, Young! But, like, that's... I think that that's how it wanted me to feel. And, like, I found that very effective. Like... Like we sort of said, none of us are big into horror and I haven't watched that many horror movies, but even just sometimes in watching trailers and stuff, you have that feeling like that classic, like, oh, like the girls in the house alone at night and like blah blah blah. And like, you're just like, so like, don't do this thing. Don't do this thing. And they're like doing it. Or like when yeah. the person is like, I'm going to go check out what that weird sound outside the cabin was. You're like, oh God. Rest in peace. And yeah, like literally. this thick is filled with those moments. I think that's what I found kind of, like, I want to say delightful about it, even though, like, everyone dies because of it. So, like, maybe delight isn't the right word, but...
0: Yeah, NCT, like, got a really great, like, weirdly great deal on a
1: house in the suburbs that the real estate agent didn't mm-hmm. seem inclined mm-hmm. to tell them a lot about. I feel like NCT probably got the tickets for this event for free from, like, a mm-hmm. sketchy promoter, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> jayhan where did you get these tickets don't worry
0: about it
2: (laughs) also like the very beginning of the fic they show up and they make a note that like they're not the only ones in the park but Mm. like wow they're surprised like it doesn't seem as busy as they thought it would be it's like those things where you're like just turn around now but of course they don't and like what was this one woman up to is what i want to know she's the only
0: other person i encountered in the entire park
1: who this woman that lucas killed uh (laughs) there are some things that are never fully explained which like Sure, I would have loved explanations for them, but it was also kind of fun to just be like, what the hell is happening? Like, Chainsaw Man, I don't Mm -hmm. know what happened to him. Who slashed our car tires? No clue. And and tipped a bus on its side and crashed it. (laughs) Like, it has that horror movie feeling of, like, or, like, slasher movie kind of feeling of just, like, turn after turn. You're like, oh,
2: God. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, like you said, there's so much going on. What What is happening to the boys directly, or a lot of the things that happened to them, you more or less infer is there, like, is Jaehyun because he's being demonically possessed. But he also has this whole backstory about how, like, his grandmother was a psychic and she knew about husks, which Bren- Brenna mentioned earlier. And I don't think the husks are his fault. Like, Mm-mm, I think also that's just were not a thing. In, I didn't
0: get any of that information in my route. I just saw people being possessed and was like, that sucks.
2: But it's like, you have that. You have, again, Chainsaw Man who was in Brenna and I's route who just sort of, like, he, they were in a corn maze yeah. and the guy with the chainsaw lurches out. You have Ouija board
0: in my route that has horrible
2: implications for your well, neutral like, ending. Ouija board in your route at least is still like contained within the like oh, NTT sure. story. It's I guess explained. my point is like there are other bad things happening at this park that have That's... nothing <laughs> to do with Jaehyun's possession well, and you do not find out what is going arrive on. arrive
1: and it's like super sketchy and there aren't people and it seems like the people that they are seeing way off might already be some of these, like, husks or something. Like, that's not just NCT's fault. Like, they definitely showed up to a place that was already, like, gonna have fucked up things happening. Um, they just also were even worse off because Chenla and friends decided to play with a Ouija board. <laughs> So thank you for going on that journey with us as we explored the routes we took through this fic. Um, If you also like played slash read it, I'd love to hear if you discovered things that we never made it to. Um, I had a lot of fun with this. It is very graphic and violent, but I think it really fits our Halloween horror spirit. So
0: my pick for this episode is In the Room Where You Sleep by Blur Hawaii. And it is a BuzzFeed Unsolved RPF fic. The pairing is Shane slash Ryan. In terms of content warnings, I think uh, we've covered the big ones. um, But for this fic in particular, uh, psychological horror, um, very much so. That's the big one. Um, There is some sort of dubious consent stuff happening with like potential demonic possession. It's, it's a little bit unclear, um, but there definitely um, are some consensual issues toward the end of the fic there, um, so mind that. Um, otherwise, a little bit of blood and violence, but for the most part, it is a very psychologically-oriented horror fic.
2: Am I missing anything? No, I think that's it.
0: Sick. Yeah. Um, so that's my fic. Um, I knew pretty much immediately when we said we were doing a horror episode that this was the fandom I wanted to bring. And honestly, that this was the fic I wanted to bring. Like, we were like, let's do a Halloween episode. And I was like, dibs on In the Room <laughs> Where You Sleep by Blur Hawaii. Um, because it's it's one of four fics for this fandom that I have bookmarked um, at all. And it just really stuck with me. It's like, sometimes you watch BuzzFeed Unsolved and you're like, what if things actually were horrible and supernatural? And then you turn to fan fiction, which I appreciate. Um, the premise of this fic is that they are, you know, out filming another episode of Buzzfeed Unsolved Supernatural. They're like doing their little ghost hunting thing and their banter thing, and they're in this house where the idea is that, like, the 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 lore says that if you believe something in this house, then it comes true. Um, so that is fun because we sort of open with them walking and walking and the hallway seems to be stretching out in front of them and it's very unnatural and eerie and Ryan is saying this mantra to himself of like do not be afraid which is also a thing that he does in the show uh, like do not be afraid do not be afraid um telling himself like not that it's not real but that he needs to like be brave and handle it um and then it cuts back to them starting to realize something is off because the entire night before before they'd spent the night here they, you know got had had this conversation of like haha like what if we can't get out what if there's all these rooms and the doors are moving like wouldn't that be funny and then they wake up and there's a door where it's not supposed to be so that is the premise um i don't think that's super spoilery honestly i guess some some belated i almost said belated spoiler horns <laughs> beep 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 beep,
2: beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> half-hearted spoiler horns yeah horn. well, it's too late now yeah. um
0: i want i want not spoil the ending yet Um, but also, like, it gives you all of this information very quickly. It's not a super long fic, it's, like, 9,000 words long, but, like, the premise is in the summary, so, you know, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I love it. Um, I remember reading this fic and being like, ooh, like, this is legitimately scary. This is creeping me out. Like, this is a horror fic, and I love it for being exactly what it is. Um, so it was really cool to get to return to it. Um, I thought it was great for this episode, and I would love to hear what my, my two dear co-hosts thought about it.
2: So, unlike my co-hosts, I was not in the BFU fandom. Um, I have read, I think now, four fics for it. Three of which have been for the pod. One of which was the first fic of Nick's that I baited, and I had to Google what Shane and Ryan looks like I was because I here, didn't know. was like, what's the fourth?
0: <laughs> and then I remembered your comment on my line where I was like, Shane has limbs like pool
2: noodles, and uh-huh. you were like,
0: I have to look up what this man looks like. It was accurate.
2: Um... Yeah, I I did, after meeting the two of you, I did then watch, like, a couple episodes, but I was never really in the fandom. Um, So I had no idea what I was getting into with this fic. Psychological horror, yeah. I think the thing that I've enjoyed the most about reading BFU fic, and I I hesitated as I said that because enjoyed is maybe a loose loose word to use there, but I always resonate with Ryan (laughs) so much because, again, I am a noted baby. And in this fic in particular, like, the premise, if you think about something, it will manifest, is my nightmare. Oh my god. I already could feel my thoughts, like, spiraling. Like, I'd be like, I would be... The thing, it's like, don't think about an elephant, and then all you can think about is an elephant. Mm -hmm. Like, that would be me in this house, but with way worse consequences. As Ryan also kind of discovers when he goes on some thought spirals, and then they come back to haunt him a little. Um, I really, really liked this. I had an idea of where it was going to go, and then it surprised me multiple times, especially with the ending, um, (laughs) but also with a particular scene where Ryan had sort of been thinking about, like, what if there's something horrible in the house with us? And then that manifests in a way that I wasn't expecting. Um, Yeah, oh, it was really good. It was, like, absolutely hit this theme. Um, Yeah, I think just, like, really well done and really well executed. Like, the pacing of it, I think, was very well done it somehow felt so much longer than 9k i think because i was just also suspended in the horror of the the horror that the two of them were feeling if that makes sense um but not in a way that felt like oh like drawn out and like they've just been walking circles in this house forever just sort of i also felt suspended with them in this story
1: I couldn't remember at first if I had read this stick or not. I, I did come to the conclusion that, yes, I had read it a few years ago, but it was just as satisfying the second time around, especially because I had forgotten, like, a bunch of how it actually plays out. Um, I found this the spookiest of our three by far, I think. Like, the psychological stuff is what often really gets me, and like what I when I continue to think about past my actual like reading time, um, like that's the kind of thing where like if I have to walk to the bathroom in the dark, I'm like oh god, I gotta get my phone camera or whatever. <laughs> like I can't I can't like deal with this sort of potentiality of what's gonna be behind like my closed dark door, and I think that's exactly what this fit capitalizes on. Um, I think it's super effective. Um, I was actually thinking, Nick, when you were sort of giving a premise, what's interesting is a lot of that isn't even really in this fic. Like, we only just kind of know because we know what BFU is, that they're on a Supernatural filming episode, that they're probably like... There's probably producers somewhere else, like, outside this, or maybe even somewhere else inside the house. Like, we don't know. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of stuff that isn't really touched upon in this fic, and I actually think it's super effective because of that. Um, You're really in the moment with Ryan and Shane, and it dumps you in after the action has already started. You don't get any of the lead-up of them, like, going to this place and Ryan doing his little interspiel about what the house actually is. Like, we don't know a lot at all when we're in it. Um... And I think that works so well. Like, we pick up when they're already frightened. Like, the beginning is so effective and packs such a punch. And I just love sort of being immediately in the moment with characters like that. I think that was one of my favorite things about it. Um, I think a bunch of my other favorite things are things we're going to sort of get to, so I don't want to get too in-depth in them right now. But um, I know we're going to talk about, like, sort of how it uh, reverses the sort of skeptic and believer roles, what this fic does to Shane psychologically and how it, like, sort of shakes his, like, beliefs and need for rationalization. Um, I thought all that is so effective. Oh, yeah, I'm excited to keep talking about this fic. I thought it was really, really wonderful and really fitting for this episode.
0: Yeah, so I bookmarked this fic a couple years ago, I think a little over two years ago now, and, um, one thing that I did as soon as I finished reading it, I was like, oh god, I love to comment on this, right, when I initially read it? I did. Don't worry, I'm very good about commenting most of the time. And I saw that I had said, the first thing I said was just how much I loved the Ryan POV of this fic, which is really interesting because I think it it definitely still struck me um, when I read it. I think it's excellent. But I also think I was thinking about it in terms of other ryan povs i had seen in the fandom and how this one just felt different um so this i think for me the positioning of the fic actually really impacted the way that i read it and like my own positioning in fandom compared to it um because i really liked how i feel like some bfu fic is very ready to just, like, if there's something actually supernatural going on, he is sniveling in the corner. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> he also is, like, an adult man who cares very deeply about doing this and, like, finding evidence. I don't think he would immediately give up. Um, I mean, hey, it's possible. He didn't really have the choice in this scenario either way, um, cause you try to leave, it's just more house, baby! Which sucks. Um, But I really liked that, like, as soon as he realized that Shane was falling apart a little bit, he was able to actually kind of use his fear and his belief to his advantage because his mind wasn't breaking in the same way. It wasn't like everything that I thought was real is not real. It was, okay, there's, like, some confirmation of what I actually believed to be true. And that gave him some confidence, even as, you know, everything was working against him um, because he was manifesting horrible things. I still think, like, I really, really liked the way that the fic played with belief and skepticism and strength and weakness and what those things all mean in relation to each other and how they can shift and change.
1: Yeah, because I think what's super interesting is ryan because he already is ready and willing to believe in the sort of supernatural powers of this house is also more able to figure out the rules of it like he's the one who kind of realizes what's happening in terms of them manifesting things and sort of has the ability to try out strategies to get them out of there essentially like he's the one who's like okay well if what i believe is real if i just don't believe (laughs) <laughs> this is gonna sound so complicated. <laughs> he's the one who's like, "Okay, if what I'm thinking, if what I'm believing becomes real, then what if I pretend like the things I'm seeing or that seem to be happening actually aren't real? Um, like is that the way kind of out, you know, but Shane, because he's not able to rationalize what's happening in the house in terms of sort of their own thoughts and fears manifesting he's not able to reach that point. So it just becomes kind of more and more real for him because he needs it to be real. And I think that's what's really interesting because even though we're in the Ryan POV and Ryan's freaked out for sure, I think it's really Shane who's sort of the like power behind this house continuing to haunt them. Um, And I just found that so satisfying. And I think it's one of those things that becomes even more clear as you sort of go back and reread it or like think about it further. Because as we were discussing this in like our pre-discussion, I was like going back and rereading some of the beginning and, and thinking about it in that context, I think makes it hit really hard because it starts out with this sort of statement of, um, It's Shane who stumbles and shudders because in a way it's Shane who has it worse off here. While it's easy to feed off the beliefs of a believer, it's another thing entirely to do the same of a skeptic. And like, you know that that's the premise, but then as it unfolds, I think you get caught up a little bit in the actual action and like what's happening and how they're trying to navigate getting out of this place. Um, And then once you're able to take a step back and really sort of evaluate like, okay, but... What is generating these things? What is actually truly keeping them there? Like, I'm convinced that it's Shane's, like, that it's Shane's need to rationalize, and the house is like, haha, gotcha! (laughs) And just, like, is never gonna let them out because of it.
2: And something, too, along the lines of of the believer and the skeptic and the roles that they're playing, something that I found really interesting was that um, Ryan makes a note of the fact that Shane is holding the camera for most of this fic, um, and he he does it almost as, like, he he lets Shane hold the camera because Ryan is the one who's used to being afraid and showing that face and, like, having that be the thing that the viewers see. And so as Shane is sort of spiraling and coming to terms with the fact that the house is not letting them go and as he's freaking out, it's not that Ryan isn't freaking out because he is, but he's sort of accepted, like, he's normally the one who's afraid anyway. And so he'll let Shane, like, save face in this way and, like, find comfort in... Not having to be filmed, and so there's a lot of that too, where, I don't know, it's almost like the Shane holding the camera is like a safety blanket for him, and that's a concession that Ryan is like, very easily gives up because for him, like that's that's not like a point of pride or anything.
0: Yeah, definitely, and like, it's ah, oh, it's so interesting because like you you said this earlier, Bren, but like we get reminders periodically that they are ostensibly here filming an episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved. But it really doesn't feel like it, even as there are lines that's like, this is going to be the most fucked up episode ever if they make it out of here, which, like, yep. <laughs> um, or mentions of the camera and how they're sort of passing it back and forth. Um, or mentions of them, like, staying overnight. The the joking during the sort of flashback to when they first figured out what was happening. Like, it's so real and it's so grounded and it makes the the layer of... They're filming a thing, feel very far away in a sense, even as like the camera is picking up a lot of this. It's like there's a separation between the episode and what's actually happening.
2: I mean, I think that was one of the most interesting things for me in this fic, is that for most of it, like you are in Ryan's POV, but every so often there's a sort of shift. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to explain it, because sometimes you're you're fully in Ryan's POV as he's thinking about what he's filming. Um in specific the scene I'm thinking about is the first or second night that they're sleeping there. Maybe it's the first. They um Shane's like, "Oh, like how are we supposed to know if this house like changes shape and size if we don't have like a point of reference?" So Ryan films Shane counting steps across the room. And that is that's Ryan thinking about filming. But then the line right after that goes something like Whoever's editing this, like, has some kind of sense of humor because it cuts. And then the next scene that you get is the next morning where there's a door where there shouldn't be, and Shane is pacing the room and it's the same number of steps, but that doesn't make any sense because if there's a door in the wall, then the room shouldn't be the same size. And it led me on this sort of, like, thought spiral, I guess, where I was thinking about the juxtaposition between Ryan's POV and then what you're getting just as edited footage you'd be watching because to me at first when I read that line though like whoever's editing this must have like some kind of sense of humor I was like okay well part of this implication I thought (laughs) was like okay they get out and they go back to the BFU offices and it gets edited and whatever and you're a viewer on YouTube watching it but part of it was more sinister than that and I almost found myself thinking that the bits that you get seen through just the camera felt almost like a story the house itself was telling. And I don't really know how to put that to words better, but it was just in my brain the entire time I was reading.
1: I mean, I love that concept. Like, I had not thought about that at all. Like, I was definitely intrigued by the bits where you almost get the camera POV, but I didn't really know what to make of them fully in, like, my initial reading of it. Um, But I, I love that interpretation read. I think that's so, like cool and creepy and unsettling and i think it makes a lot of sense too because we don't actually know that they get out um at the end they don't like they're trying and they're trying and they think that they've made it and the final end is like nope basically <laughs> so we don't know what happens we we also never get that sense of like relief looking back on what was just or quote unquote just psychological like this is going to be traumatic even if they get out like there's no escaping that um But there are things that happen in the house that like seem physical um and i i kept wondering like okay it seems physical but is it going to be one of those things where like then they like get out or they wake up or whatever and it's not because i've read that in other bfu fic for sure um but we never know we don't get any answers and so i kind of really like the idea that it's a it's the story that the house is telling um because one thing i was thinking about too both when we were discussing this prior and like as you two have been talking is like what are the house's motivations sort of like I think a lot of times in horror stories that involve haunted houses or like houses as entities the house itself has some kind of want either of its own like accord or of like it's been imbued with that via someone who like lived there or died there or whatever But it's not really clear, like, what this house's end goal is. Like, is it to kill them? Is it just to torture them? Is it to drive them insane? Like, we don't know. And I think that that's part of what is really creepy about it. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. So I think when I was
0: reading, I had sort of taken a different perspective on the the camera POV (laughs) moments, of which there are a couple. Um, because not to talk about Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino, um,
2: but it's a, it's
0: a book of essays I'm reading right now. It's very good. Um, but the, I think it's the second essay, um, she discusses having been on reality TV as a teenager, kind of right before the age of social media. So most people have no idea and like, wouldn't have seen her on television or anything. Um, but she talked a lot about how like this image of herself on television was not actually that different from like herself in real life. And how she had been expecting it to be, but when she finally watched it back, she was like, oh, like, maybe I have have always been sort of performing to invisible cameras. Like, maybe I'm, with, with social media and the internet, like, maybe I'm always so constantly aware of my image that nothing I do is actually all that authentic, or everything is authentic, and, like, where is the line? So I was thinking about that a lot with, like, the deterioration of... What is for the camera, and what is like trying to document the supernatural authentically, and what is like them performing their roles and not being able to like this? I don't know. The camera POVs were so like voyeuristic, especially at the very end when it's like, oh, <laughs> that's not good. It, it describes Shane and Ryan as just like a tangle of limbs, um, which was so interesting to me. So I think that's where my brain was going, um, just. I mean, I'm always a little bit thinking about fame and cameras and perception and performance and stuff. Especially that's that's with not RPF. something
2: we've talked about in the pod oh, at all. Oh yeah,
0: sorry, you're right. No, that's not really our MO. No, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's just like I think that specific connection was something that I was thinking about as I was reading, just because I read these things around the same time.
2: Both of you have kind of alluded to it, but I just want to say for the people who haven't read the fic, the, the explicit ending is that Ryan... Again, thinks he has figured out how to get out. But they run. And the tangle of limbs you were referencing, Nick, is that they're they're sort of like running and running down this hallway. And Ryan believes very firmly that they're going to make it out. Shane is absolutely being consumed by guilt for a previous thing. And they burst through the door. And in another fic, maybe that's where they burst out the front door to escape. And in this one they they fall in a tangle of limbs back into that same room that yeah. they had paced before and measured, and, like, the one they had slept in. Oof. Which was such a gut punch. Um, and when I had said at the beginning of this that, in my experience, like, the, the fic <laughs> took me on a couple twists and turns, that was absolutely one of them. Um, the other one was, I think, again, it's been sort of referenced in our discussion, but the, the physical aspect of what this house manifests. Um, so as they're pacing the hallways and they've fully come to terms with the fact that like supernatural is real and the house is just keeping them on this like endless loop. Uh, they sort of both at the same time they're like there is something in this hallway with us like they can just sense it and all at once Ryan has this realization like he had the thought the night before like what if there's a horrible monster with us in this house and so the way they decide to deal with it is just like turn around and walk the other direction and do their best to not acknowledge it. And it's kind of working. Like they feel this like oppressive force, and then all of a sudden Shane is like, "I can feel it. It's biting me." And Ryan Yikes. is like, "What are you talking about?" So Ryan takes his hands and he like skirts them up Ryan, uh, Shane's back because Shane said he was like being bit in the shoulder, and Ryan was like, "I don't, I don't feel anything. Like it's, it's not real." Shane like, "It's fine." And then his hands come away with blood, and that's where I was like, <gasps> oh my god.
0: Fine, Shane.
2: Because, I don't know, I, I totally expected it to be a thing where it was like, Shane is feeling this phantom pain of being bitten, but it's not real. Like, it's, it's only what they're manifesting, and so I thought it was gonna be like, I don't know, I thought the thing was like, he would have to get over it. No, like, he fully has a wound in his shoulder from then on. Also, as a side note, I think byproduct of the fact that I've not read many BFU fix. For whatever reason, my brain smushed together this and the denial twist. Uh Uh-huh. And the monster in the house, uh, in my brain is just the (laughs) T-Rex from that one wild dream Oh my gosh. Wow.
0: Crossover of the century.
2: Yeah. Um, unfortunately not as fun, not, not very fun for them in, in the dream and the denial twist and not fun for Shane in this fic, but in my head, he got bit in the shoulder by a (laughs) T-Rex.
0: Wow. I love that. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I think it's just so effective, like what is scarier than this like darkness that you can't understand that actually has teeth?
2: Yeah,
1: ah, I mean, not being able to get out of the house I think is is the scariest part for me, just like that yeah. the, the door is always open back to the same place like that's so freaky i don't I don't like it.
2: Well, there's also a bit where Shane had earlier, he had carved, like, an arrow into the wall of the house, and as they're sort of walking away from this, like, monstrous thing with teeth or whatever, they come back around, and I, like, the way that they had been looped, they see the arrow again, and it's pointing directly back in the, the direction of the monster, which, Oh uh, Don't want to go that way. Oh, I hate it.
0: So that was in the room where you sleep by Blur Hawaii. Um, yeah, it's scary, y'all, but in a way that I just loved. Like, I I loved that I went into it and I was like, "Ooh, this is scary," and then like at every turn, it surprised and scared me more, <laughs> and I loved that. I didn't I didn't see what was coming, and I thought that it was just executed super 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 well and very effectively for the story that it was trying to tell and the feelings it was trying to engender in readers. So. Good job, Blur Hawaii. Big fan of your work. I'm gonna sleep with my light on tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, everyone. We've talked about three pretty scary fics. At the beginning of this episode, we told you a very scary story about your own FitClick hosts. Uh, But now (laughs) it's time for the scariest thing of all, saying goodbye. To this episode only. We'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> oh my gosh. But hey, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode of FitClick. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're looking for more Fit click in your life, uh, you can find us on social media on Tumblr at fitclick.tumblr.com and Twitter at FitClick. You can also find us on our Discord server, uh, which is linked on our Twitter. So come hang out with us there. It's super cute. It's super fun. Multi-fandom. We love fic and also pets and people's cakes and such that they bake. It's great. Um, oh, also lots of, like, really pretty fall pictures as people, like, live in places where the seasons change. It's <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. Um, if you want to chat with us in a longer form, you can reach us at fitclickpod at gmail.com. Send your thoughts. Send your wrecks Just ha- have a chat. We'll be, we'll be happy to talk to you back.
1: We also have some merch if you're interested in that. Um, It's on Redbubble and it's linked on our Twitter. Um, We'd also love it if you left us a review either on Apple Podcasts or if your podcast listener of choice has a review section. Um, They mean a lot to us personally and also help us find new listeners. Speaking of listeners, um, our best way of finding new people to enjoy our podcast and join our little community is via word of mouth. If you have any friends who you think might be into our pod, um, send them a link, say hey, if there's an episode you really liked, maybe give us a retweet on Twitter, all of those things make our day, um, and help us find new people who might be interested in this space.
2: We also are so super excited because we have our rec Exchange coming up. Pew, 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 pew! Pew, Hype not spoiler horns. No. If you joined us last year, you'll sort of know how it works. Um, basically you sign up, you list a couple fandoms that you are interested in receiving fix for and a couple fandoms you are interested in offering fix for. Um, no writing involved. We know that there are a lot of exchanges and fests and things that happen around this time of year. So it is just a rec exchange, exactly what it says. Um, you'll be partnered with someone, you'll get their sort of list of interests and likes, dislikes, do not wants, that whole thing, and you can recommend them some fics. We also always have an option for um, if your if you're recce is uh, interested in receiving a fic that is not for a fandom they listed, but you just want to scream from the rooftops about, uh, we give you space to do that as well. The signups for that are going to be open in two days. Ah, really? yeah. The signups for that will be on Twitter and Tumblr and also in our Discord. Um, the signups will have more information, specific dates, all that good stuff. So, if you are interested in giving and getting some new fig wrecks, uh, you should go sign up. Our next episode of Fit
1: Click will be up on November 13th. We are back to our standard format with this one, just three fics we loved from different
2: fandoms. Read, what's yours? Okay, I did just Google the pronunciation for this title. If I sound incredibly dumb or incredibly pretentious apologies, I am doing my best. Um, it's <laughs> Romana Clay. It's spelled like Romana Cliff, um, by Ellen underscore Fremedon. It is a Stardew Valley fic, and the pairing is Elliot Harvey. It is media fic, it is epistolary, and we are back in Reed's Video Game Corner! Woo! Yeah, I am so excited to be back. Um, Brenna, what are you bringing?
1: Yes, my fic is called Names in History by Laguardier, or maybe Laguardier? I'm not totally sure. Sorry if it wasn't one of those. <laughs> um, it is for Good Omens, um, and it is Aziraphale Crowley. I'm really excited about this. Um, I absolutely loved that book, and the TV show was also a lot of fun. I haven't really delved into the fandom, but I am excited about this fic. Nick, what's yours?
0: The fic that I'm bringing is called Patient Intake by Stark Raving, and it is a fic for the Bright Sessions podcast, which I'm so excited about. I love this podcast so much. I, I have read a little bit of fic, but not a ton. Um, but I really liked this author from another fandom, so I was sort of diving into what else they'd written, and this was so good. Um, it is a gen fic. It is centered around Joan. Uh, it's a character study, and her relationship um with Damien especially in like the early days and how she kind of processes and manages it so I'm excited it's gonna be
1: really fun so that's what we're gonna be reading for next time thank you so much for joining us this week and we look forward to seeing you then bye Bye. Bye.